Hey, it's Kathy. I just want to let you know that I'm doing a free five-day workshop. It's called the Abundance Activation Challenge, and it starts today. And it's not too late for you to join us. Today is the last day to join. Go to kathyheller.com slash five day to sign up. The pre-party has been happening and it's been such a blast. There's so many high vibe women in there who are ready to call in more abundance. I know that you will love that you showed up for this. I'll be live at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern every day this week, teaching you how to become a master manifester. You are just going to have the best time. If you want to join us, sign up at kathyheller.com slash five day. Gratitude is a choice. You decide whether to look at what you have in this world or what you're missing. If you're a creative person, if you're a baker, a dancer, a photographer, a screenwriter, an actor, a comedian, a podcaster, and you want to figure out how to make a living doing what you love, this is the show. This is the show. Don't keep your day job. My name is Kathy Heller, and I'm a singer-songwriter. I make a living doing what I love, and I want that for you. This is the show that's going to help you do that and give you not only inspiration, but some real life strategies. This is going to help you figure out how to take your creative passion and turn it into a profit. Thanks to Skillshare for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Skillshare is giving my listeners a one month free trial of unlimited access to over 17,000 classes. Go to www.skillshare.com slash dream job to start your free month today. Thanks to Slack for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Slack is a messaging app which brings all your team's communication together, giving everyone a shared workspace where conversations are organized and accessible. Go to slack.com to learn more. Thanks to FabFitFun for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Go to fabfitfun.com and use promo code DREAMJOB to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 of value for just $39.99. That's fabfitfun.com and promo code DREAMJOB for $10 off your first FabFitFun box. Hi guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So Thanksgiving is this week and I am feeling so, so grateful for you guys. I was driving today earlier and I just started to like tear up thinking about how 100% completely lucky and fulfilled and thankful I am because of each one of you. You've given me so much. I don't even know how to put it into words. You have given me a sense of purpose. You have made me feel important. You have made me feel like I'm doing something good that matters. And it is so much fun every second of it from doing the podcast to talking to you guys and coming on Facebook and answering your questions and seeing what you guys are doing and getting these amazing letters and seeing you guys taking action and interviewing incredible people. And it's the whole thing is 100% pure joy and thank you. Thank you so much for being the thing that I am most, 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 most grateful for this Thanksgiving. It is like the icing of all icings on such a sweet, beautiful cake. And I want to just say thank you. I don't want you to think for a second that I walk around and don't realize or acknowledge or am aware of what an incredible gift you've given me by being being here and listening to this show and giving me the feedback that I'm doing something good. And I just, I just can't thank you enough. Along those lines, tomorrow I want to hang out with everybody. So I'm going to do a Zoom video call. If you guys have ever used Zoom, it's super easy to download. It's free. It takes like 30 seconds to download it. You go to zoom.us. And then if you guys want to meet me on Zoom, I can do like this video 
call where I can see your faces and you can see me and we can chat. Um, and so if you go to the show notes on iTunes or you go to the show notes on don'tkeepyourdayjob.com for this episode, you can click on the link and then you'll get the, the exact Zoom link that you need in order to meet me tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I can be on for like an hour and change and we can just chat. I wanted to just spend more time together and so I thought that would be a fun thing to do. So come and meet me on Zoom tomorrow, 9.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't meet me there live, you could still sign up for the um, call when you click on the link in the show notes to get the information, and then I'll just send you a replay. As far as Thanksgiving is concerned, I read a great tweet um, a few years ago. It said, if you want to know how enlightened you are, go home for Thanksgiving. Um, And I just thought that was so good because it just totally like levels the playing field. Like no matter how evolved we all think we are, when we go home, sometimes things come up and we have, you know, different roles that we play or sometimes we have a thing with a certain family member and we feel like we're being judged or whatever. And then there's other things that happen where you have expectations around the holiday and sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's challenging, especially if it's not the life that you want it to be in that moment. It's not the picture of that like picture perfect movie you watched around the holidays where everybody sits at the table and you know sometimes people are missing because somebody has passed like the holidays can be hard and I just want you to know I'm sending you a huge hug I love you I'm thinking of you I relate to all of those things I've had times in my life you know growing up my parents were divorced and the holidays always felt like kind of like a downer because we would have like such a small table. It'd be like my mom, my sister, and I, or my mom, my sister, and I, and then maybe my grandma. But we didn't have like lots of cousins around and living in Florida. It wasn't like crisp weather. And I don't know. There were just things about it that were hard. And when my husband and I got married, we really tried to create something new for our kids. But it is it is difficult, you know, like his dad's not around and my parents are split up and this holiday we're going to do something that we've never done. I invited my dad and his wife uh, to come and I invited uh, my mom to come and I hope that they'll all come and if my mom's uncomfortable then I understand and you know one thing I've learned in life that's so liberating is this really simple thought which is not everybody has to be happy all the time with what I'm doing and not everybody has to like me. And I've spent so much energy like constantly trying to like have that equilibrium, like always perfect where everybody likes my decisions. And sometimes you just have to say, you know what, I'm I'm going to check in with myself. I think I'm making a good choice. And if, if somebody doesn't like it or if somebody is upset because I come home from the holidays and I'm an artist and they really wish that I took a serious more, you know, day job, it's like th- that's on them, you know, like we can't allow ourselves to um, – to sort of fall victim to everybody's judgments and people are threatened when you talk about the fact that you're starting your own soap business or popcorn business or that you're painting it's like people feel threatened by that people feel like who are you to think that you can you know do fun things like isn't life just supposed to be grinning and bearing it and so you know you have to just notice like that maybe the person is not being so nice and that doesn't feel good but maybe you can like just not react, like just take care of yourself and then like go in the other room and read a book or whatever. And and it's the same thing with this. It's like I knew that maybe my mom wouldn't like it, that I invited them and maybe she would like it. Maybe it'll be a turning point and they all have grandchildren now and it's like time to create new memories and new meanings. And, and also, I don't think anybody has this idyllic, you know, movie kind of house, you know, where the holidays are perfect and nobody argues and nobody drinks too much. Like, I think that that's also false and we should just be grateful for what we have. And so today's episode, 
is going to be all about gratitude. And I really do think that there's so many times in my life where I focus on things that I'm grateful for and I'm like immediately happier. And I know that studies have been done that show that people who do sort of like a gratitude practice, like they have an ongoing, you know, sort of meditation or ritual or prayer where they focus on what they're grateful for, they're happier. They really are. And I remember sitting once in a mindfulness class and Susan Kaiser Greenland was there leading it. And she said, close your eyes and just... Imagine one at a time seeing pictures come up in your mind of the people in your life who you are so grateful for and just let let it sort of just like be playing like a slideshow. And so we sat there in the quiet for like 10 minutes and she would just, you know, all of our eyes were closed and she said, and, and who comes to mind and who's the next person? Who's the next person? And how did this person affect you? And how did this person change your life? And And I just started thinking about so many people in my life from professors to friends to teachers to just so many people in my life. My grandmother, may she rest in peace. Like I thought of so many people in my life, my kids, my husband, my sister, people in my life who really have changed me. And like that song in Wicked, like because I knew you, I've been changed for good. I thought about so many people and my eyes started to just like fill with tears And it's such a, it just opens your heart, you know, it's like that heart chakra just opens up because you think about, God, I'm so lucky, like I have this person in my life and this person was so supportive or so kind to me or this person, you know, helped me out or went out of their way to check in with me. I have this friend, Elena, she's just always texting me to say like, what's up, thinking about you, hope you're good. And like, she doesn't even expect a response. She's just so unconditional. And, you know, she came to my house when I had my kids and each one, she'd show up and she'd sit here to like, two in the morning, making sure I was like getting enough sleep, that I was drinking water, that she'd help me change diapers. It was like, she has her own kids. She has her own life. And she just, she just cares. She cares so much. And it's, you meet these like hidden like saints in your life. And she's, she's one of those people I'm so grateful for. And in light of everything I just said, I wanted to do an episode today where we really just like soak in gratitude. And I thought, who's a great person to have on? And I know somebody, I'm sure we all know a few people who've been through really hard things in their life. And sometimes you just like, you're just so in awe of certain people who've been through really, really hard things. And they still, they still see the silver linings. They still see the positive. They still look for the good. They still are so loving and they still accept everybody and, and care about other people. And, and so I have a really dear friend, his name is Benny Friedman, and he actually happens to be this like incredible speaker. He's a lecturer, he's a scholar, he goes around the world speaking, he he runs a leadership institute, um, he does so many incredible things. And I'm so happy to have him on today. And, and I don't want to give it away because it's a, it's, it's all very touching and special. And I'm going to let him share with you what he's been through and what his story is. And I think that you guys, um, are going to find this impactful. And I hope that this reminds us of all that we have to be grateful for. You know, I have so many people in my life who I once in a while I see them and I remember that this person, you know, is struggling to get pregnant and that this person is, you know, dealing with the loss of a parent or that this person, you know, is struggling to be able to just make ends meet. And it's so easy to get desensitized and just forget all the blessing that we have. And there, there are things that get us down, you know, we wouldn't be honest if we didn't, you know, acknowledge that there are things that are really frustrating, painful, and all that's true. 
But when we make time and we, we actually make it like a practice where every single day we carve out time intentionally to think about what we're grateful for, it really shapes, it really shapes the way that we see the world. And I have read studies. There's research to back up the fact that when people really think about what they have to be grateful for and all the gifts in their life, people are literally happier and there are um, research findings that show that people are healthier, that it actually can make you a healthier being um, and it can help your immune system. So that that makes sense to me. It's like my grandma used to say, it's so easy to find the bad, you have to look for the good. And it is, it is so easy, right? It's so easy. It's like that lowest common denominator. You know, you get together with a group of people and it's so easy for people to start to gossip or to say something negative. It's just, and so people sort of fall, it's like gravity almost. It just like pulls you down and and we have to pick ourselves up. You know, we have to pick ourselves up. And I also heard somebody said like, when you smile, it actually releases like endorphins and there's something to this. And I think instead of um, just hoping that we're going to feel happy and grateful, I think it's a choice. I think that ahead of time, we need to decide that each one of you is is an individual you're unique there are no extras in the game of life and if god you know if god wanted you to be here i believe it's because you are super significant and i really first learned that from Benny. and i remember meeting him i, I heard him speak when i was um like 20 and it really was life-changing for me and it 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 actually sent me on a on a quest to to really seek truth and to be the best version of myself and i think that the seeds of what i've become and even my wanting to do the show and my my hope that each one of you knows how important and significant you are i i actually think that 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 came um from from meeting him in many ways and i hope that you'll be touched by this too and um, I'll be there tomorrow on Zoom if you guys want to get together. I'd love to to chat and just be there to give you more support. And I'll, I'll show up on Facebook this week too. Like I've been doing Facebook Lives every few days and you can catch me there. And also you should come follow me on Instagram at kathy.heller, C-A-T-H-Y dot H-E-L-L-E-R. Um, and if you follow me and then private message me and let me know you want me to follow you back, I'll follow you right back. I've been doing some giveaways for the holidays and somebody just uh, won a $750 gift card, which is so fun. And I'm so happy that I got to send that out. I love you guys. So I love doing that kind of stuff. And I'm going to do a few more of those before the end of the holiday season because it is, it is the time for giving. And I love you. And this is just a show to sort of, it's like my love letter to you guys. And I hope that Benny's words um, will, you know, touch your soul and um, remind you of, of how important you are. And I hope that you'll be, you'll be touched by who he is. And I, I think that you will be. Thanks to Skillshare for supporting our podcast. Want to turn your passion project into a side hustle? Maybe you're looking to sharpen your design skills with the next new design hack, then you should try Skillshare. Skillshare classes are taught by industry experts and experienced professionals, perfect if you're looking to build your career and add impressive skills to your resume, or you just love to learn new things. Skillshare is giving my listeners a one-month free trial of unlimited access to over 17,000 classes. Go to www.skillshare.com dreamjob to start your free month today. So I think it's amazing because it's sort of like the Netflix of classes where you don't have to pay per class. You're just paying and then you're just getting access to all of these great 
content. If you wanted to learn like stuff about entrepreneurship, branding, email marketing, web design, or calligraphy, or logos, like there's so much there. Street photography, public speaking, there's a watercolor class. There's so many cool things that I want to take. And 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 I think that you guys are just going to like find this like so scrumptious. Take classes in graphic design, digital illustration, DSLR photography, social media marketing, and much more. Unlimited access to all of this for a low monthly price. Never pay per class again. So remember, for one free month, go to Skillshare.com slash dreamjob. Thanks to Slack for supporting this podcast. Slack is a messaging app which brings all your team's communication together, giving everyone a shared workspace where conversations are organized and accessible. So I use Slack every single day with my team and it is so awesome. I have it on my phone and it makes it so easy to organize conversations and get communication really tight. Slack connects the tools and services you need in one place so you can organize your team with real-time messaging, video or voice calls, group file sharing, and searchable archives all in one easy-to-use app. You can drag and drop file sharing that works with all the apps you already use like Salesforce, Zendesk, and Google Drive. Plus, you can tailor Slack to work with more than a thousand other apps. Plus, Slack works everywhere you go with mobile apps for iOS and Android that sync seamlessly. You can always pick up where you left off no matter where you are. Slack, where work happens. Find out why at slack.com. That's slack.com. Thanks to FabFitFun for supporting our podcast. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box delivered four times a year. You will get over $200 worth of products for $49.99. So you can go to FabFitFun.com to subscribe and use promo code DREAMJOB for $10 off your first box. That's $39.99 for over $200 in value. So I loved this box. I thought it was really, really awesome because it was it was felt very generous. Like it was a it was a full tube of hand cream. It was a full awesome like wool knit um, sort of like a, a a scarf. The MSRP on it said seventy dollars, and and every one of the items in there was really quality. And I've never seen a subscription box like that. I think this is a great gift, especially around the holidays. I think you guys should think about it. You really, really like it. So sign up to get your FabFitFun box today. Go to FabFitFun.com and use promo code DREAMJOB to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 of value for just $39.99. That's FabFitFun.com and use my promo code DREAMJOB to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. You guys are going to love it. So without further ado, let's bring on Benny Friedman, world-renowned scholar and uh, teacher. Benny, thank you so much for being here. Pleasure. It's like such a treat to get to share you with everybody. <laughs> so since it's Thanksgiving this week, I wanted oh. to talk to you about um, gratitude. I can't think of many other people who I have as much gratitude for as you. And you also just, you lead such a beautiful life where oh. I just feel you're so genuinely happy, not like fake Facebook happy, but genuinely. And so let's start there. What does gratitude mean to you? Oh, is that a great question? Look, first of all, it's worth noting that uh, Thanksgiving is an awesome festival because it's, it's, I don't look at it as a religious holiday. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're Jewish, Christian, Muslim, like everybody can be thankful. And right. it, it kind of like puts everybody together. And I think gratitude, it's about appreciating the moment. It's about recognizing what a gift every moment is, every experience is, you know, if, if there's a bigger purpose to things, then everything that comes into your life has a purpose. And if you can figure out what that purpose is and know that you're living up to whatever your purpose is, then that's the essence of gratitude, right? You're, you, you appreciate the fact that you, you make a difference. You know, 
if you're here, then you matter. Because if you weren't meant to be here, if you didn't have a purpose, if there wasn't like, okay, I, I obviously come from a religious perspective. I, you know, believe that there's a bigger power, call it God, whatever name you use. So that means that no less than God or, or whatever name you use for that discussion believes that the world is better off with each of us here. How do I know that? Because we're here. So gratitude is when right. you figure out, so what do I do with that, that here, the fact that I'm still here? There's so much to unpack about what you're saying. I want to I want to go to something really specific, which is it's kind of heavy, mm-hmm. but given the fact that this happened to you is um it kind of really shows you that you're the real deal. And what I'm talking about is that you were in a terror attack. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about that and why that didn't change the amount of positivity and gratitude you have for being here. Tell us, first of all, a little bit about in your own words, like what happened. Oh, sure. Um, Well, it was August 9th, 2001. And uh, I stepped into a Spiros Pizzeria. I was hungry. I was actually supposed to be on a diet. And if there's (laughs) there's ever a way for your wife to find out you blew your diet, this would be it. But, um, (laughs) you know, I never did get to finish that big ziti. But... uh, (laughs) I walked into uh, Sparrow's Pizzeria in the center of Jerusalem. It was a beautiful Thursday afternoon. There must have been about, I don't know, 100 people uh, in the front, in the back, families, children. Um, I stood online to get my big CD. And uh, uh, this, you know, lady came, this girl came and gave me the big CD. And I never do this. I'm like the guy who just eats cold steak because, like, I don't want to make the way to run back. But yeah. for some reason, this just looked really cold. I don't know why. And I touched it with my finger. And it was really cold. So I asked the lady, like, would you, not, would you mind, like, just heating it up? And she's like, no problem. So I'm waiting there on the line. And she takes the big seat to heat it up. And I have to turn around. And I notice this, um, this woman is balancing, like, two trays, I think, with pizza on it. And there's this girl with her who looks to be about six or seven years old. And she's having a, a temper tantrum like only a six-year-old can have, right? Just screaming. Yeah. And she was actually, they were standing next to this table, which just looked like a good table. It was opposite the doors, cool breeze, summer afternoon. And I made this kind of mental subconscious, oh, boy, you know what? I'm not going to sit there. I'm going to go in the back. I, I just need a little yeah. squat. <laughs> I later found out that that girl's temper tantrum was because her mother wanted to sit at that table, that same table, and she wanted to go into the back. So that girl's temper tantrum absolutely saved my life and saved her and her mother's life. Um, you know, so I'm standing there a few minutes and eventually the big ZD isn't coming. So I said to the lady, like, I don't know, did you remember? Like I asked, the she goes, oh, yeah, you know, it takes a while and the big pizza oven is heating up. Why don't you go sit in the back and I'll have somebody bring it to you. I'm like, you know, that's great. So I walk up a few steps into this like back mm-hmm. area. And a few minutes later, some guy in a blue, like, you know, Spiro's uniform, whatever it was, brings me my big ZD. And then I notice out of the side of my eye, like he's stopping to talk to somebody. So that big ZD saved his life. Oh, my God. And at exactly 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I still remember this, um, there was a, a blast. It was the loudest, most invasive noise I've ever heard. It was unbelievable. Mind you, I, I was an officer in the Army four and a half years. I've been under artillery fire. I never heard anything oh like this. Maybe because it's just so unexpected. You're, you're sitting with families and children. Basically, a terrorist had walked into the pizzeria. Apparently, he had a guitar case full of explosives. 
um, screamed out, God is great, uh, which is an interesting question because I actually agree with him. It just <laughs> kind of makes you wonder. And, and blew himself up. He killed uh, 15 oh people, God. wounded, I don't know, close to 60. There's actually a woman, oh Fana Nechenberg, who is still in a coma, oh still in a vegetative state from that event. God. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's a longer story, but like, um, you know, it takes a minute to realize what just happened. And there's this like, like, I don't know if anybody listening has ever been in a car accident. I've been in a car accident. If you're ever in a car accident, there's this moment right after the accident where it's just like the noise gets sucked out of the uniform, yeah. out of the yeah. universe. And it's just, it's like an intense quiet. And then kind of sound comes out. That's exactly what happened. It was like this intense quiet for a moment. And then all of a sudden, you know, there was like a raging fire in the front and people started screaming. And, you know, you learn in the army that um, you actually should stay away or get away from the center of any such attack. Because sometimes what terrorists will do is they'll set off a bomb, then they'll wait a few minutes. They actually did this the first time in Marjoun in southern Lebanon. And then they'll blow up a second bomb when all the rescue personnel arrive. So the first thing first responders do is to try to get everybody out of the center. So we were in a back room behind sort of the area where everybody came in. There must have been 10 or 15 of us sitting in the back there, and nobody was hurt there. So I just, you know, people started yelling and screaming, like, everybody should calm down. We should stay back here for a bit. It's probably safer back here. Then I look around. You could see through the entranceway of this back area, there was this fireball. It was like just fire in the front of this room for like a moment. And smoke started coming into the back. And then the fire starts calming down. And I look around this back room and I realize there's no windows. There's no doors. It's just a back area. So then I'm thinking like, okay, we have to get out of there. So we start kind of walking down the steps into this front area. It was, uh, it's not really a description worth saying over the radio, but it it was horrible. It was, I I read later, it was the largest amount of explosives that had ever been used to date in a, in a terrorist event. Um, the, the, the blast was so powerful. It blew one of the pizza ovens out onto the street. Oh my God. There was a girl who was missing for about nine hours. They couldn't find her body because she'd been blown up into a chimney. Uh, when I was walking down the steps, there was a, there was a woman who was lying on the steps and she looked like she was trying to stay something. She couldn't really move. So they teach you in first aid, you know, you're supposed to try to first establish a connection to the person know who they are. So I bend down to try to talk to her. And I just like, while I'm trying to talk to her, the, just, just the lights went out. You know, she just passed away. I took her pulse. There was nothing Aww. left. And then first responders start coming. And I'll spare you what you see in the front room. And they just all started yelling at everybody who could walk to get out. So we, you know, climbed out kind of through the window, you know, display, all glass, oh whatever. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. And then uh, eventually a lot of first responders came and we kind of got out of the way. And eventually I went on to do whatever I had to do that day. But I remember I got home that night and my eldest at the time, Mayan, was in sixth grade. Uh, she was just finishing actually fifth grade. And so my kids were little. My youngest was, uh, he was not yet three. We have four kids. And we hadn't told them anything. I called my wife. I couldn't get through for a while because the cell phone lines were all, you know. But eventually I got through to her and I said, look, uh, if you see a picture or something, don't worry. I was there, but I'm fine. So I got home that night around 5, 6 o'clock. And, um, and when my kids came to the door, like, you know, like they always do, like this, you know, dad's home, whatever. So I gave my daughter, like, you can only imagine what a hug you give to your kids after a day like that. And my daughter realized something was up. She goes, Abba, what's the matter? Like, what's the matter, dad? 
you know? And I had no idea how to say to her what, I, to this day, I don't remember how they figured out or when they knew. But in terms of the answer to your question, you know, we go through events like this all the time. You know, I was once in a traffic jam. I had a group I was teaching and we were supposed to get to this museum and we got into this ridiculous traffic jam. We're stuck there, not moving for like 40 minutes. And the bus driver sees like, you know, that I'm getting like, I'm saying, when do you think we're going to get there? What should I do? He finally turns to me. He goes, dude, like, don't think about the museum we're late for. Think about the accident we're missing. And I just had this like moment. He's right. Like every time you get in a car and you drive on I-95, the statistical possibility of something happening is much higher than in most of the things that we perceive to be dangerous. Like people who get on a plane and don't fly that often, they think about, you know, will it be safe? You don't think about that when you get in your car. You know, you could be walking down the street. Yeah. I think sort of every once in a while, we have experiences where we realize how fragile life is and what a gift it is. And so the challenge is to remember that gift when life seems normal. Like, can you wake up in the morning and take a moment? I do this every day. There's actually a special Jewish prayer that you say just to, to experience pure, raw gratitude. You know, if you could take a yellow pad and make a list of all the things you could be grateful for, if you really did it right, you'd sit for days. You'd sit for days, you know. I assume that most of the people listening on this show, they, they're not worried about whether they're going to be able to find food for lunch. We just assume that. We go to the supermarket and, right. you know, which brand of bread do we get? We're a small percentage of the world. There's millions and billions of people in the world. They don't know where the next meal is coming from. But do we sort of, as we have our lunch and eat a sandwich, do we pause for a moment and appreciate what a gift that is? You know, gratitude is about recognizing all the incredible gifts that we have and not taking them for granted. And by the way, if you could do that, if you could start your day with pure 60 seconds of pure raw gratitude, you could never have a bad day. Like even the worst things that happen to people, I, it's true. You know, I mean, I have a close friend and I study with him every Friday and I'm on the road today. So I called him to see how he's doing. And his son was killed in a, a, a terrible accident in the summer and his whole world came in. Now he, he has other children. He has oh, a wife, God. he has grandchildren who love him, but he's going through a really tough time. So I called him up today and said, how you doing? He said, honestly, not so good. I said, why? Like, what's going on? He said, it just hurts so much today. And we were trying to figure out why, like we were, I was talking to him, like he said, it just on Friday, it just gets worse. And I said to him, well, that's because, you know, your son used to come home for the weekends, like from where he was. And you kind of miss that, you know, where he storms in the door and fills up the room. And, you know, now, like you sit at home on a Friday, you don't appreciate that. Like your kids are there, you're, you know. So even that. Like I said to him, like you get you get to choose. Now, obviously, this is easy to say; it's hard to do. And I, I, I think there are a lot of people in this world you have to be in awe of that they're able to keep going every day. But, but, but gratitude is a choice. Yep. You decide whether to look at what you have in this world or what you're missing. And since looking at what you're missing isn't going to give you or anybody else anything anyway, right? If you're looking at what other people are missing and that motivates you to make a difference, that's a different story. 
Well, let me let me ask you something because so many people who've experienced an ounce of some of the hard stuff that you've gone through, they would be so defeated. They would say, "Oh my god, why bother? There's so much there's so much darkness in the world. How how do you overcome that? How come you're not defeated by that?" For now, I'll, I'll take that as a compliment, but it's a work in progress. I'll tell you two things. You know, I have a cousin who I was close with, very special boy. He was a company commander in an elite unit, um, and he was killed in the Second Lebanon War. And I've, uh, I'm have i close with his parents. And I run a program in Jerusalem. It's like a leadership development program for kids who are – like a gap year program for kids who are going back to college campuses. And one year I asked uh, this mm-hmm. boy's mm-hmm. Benji, who was killed, he was he actually was killed. He fell literally four weeks after his wedding. It was like a devastating story. He finally married his oh, almost his high school God. sweetheart. They'd been going out on and on for, for like eight years. Incredibly. Like he was just a, a rock star, like tall, handsome. She's this gorgeous blonde-haired girl. I mean, just right out of a Hallmark card. And they got married. And, and I remember um, – there was this moment at his wedding where he just jumps into the middle of the circle, the dancing, grabs the microphone. He had obviously worked this out with the band, and he starts serenading um, Ayala, his 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 new wife, and he sings her this Argentinian song. She was from Argentina, and whenever she had a tough time, that was like her favorite song. So he learned the song. He doesn't know Spanish, mm-hmm. but he learned the song by heart. Now he he was not giving up his day job. Like it was not. He doesn't have a good voice, so that just made it funnier. And she's like killing herself <laughs> laughing. And I have this image in my head. Yeah. To this day, she's sitting there in her in her white wedding dress with her head thrown back, laughing hysterically. He's got this big smile. He's serenading her down on one knee. It was like this awesome moment, like a hallmark moment, you know? And four weeks later, we're standing and everybody's back together again for his funeral. And his father is speaking oh, and he says, look, God. we just finally say goodbye to all the relatives and here we are all again. So I asked his father, like after a few years, would you come and speak to the boys? And I realized all these students who are, you know, from colleges in the States who are with us for the year. So he came to speak to them. And at the end of his speech, and he's very English, like they came from England when Benji was four years old and very circumspect and yeah. very dry or whatever. And then he says at the end, like anything you want, like if you want to ask me any questions, I'm happy to answer your questions. There is no question you can ask me that I haven't been asked. So I really don't mind. You know, most of these kids have never met somebody who oh, lost a child, geez. a leaf parent, oh a soldier. And so they start like very tentatively. They're not sure. And then they start to see he really is open dancing. So they asked him really difficult questions. I remember one kid asked him, what do you say when people ask you how many children you have? It's a really oh, good question, so right? He's got a running debate with his wife how to answer that question, right? You know, what's the most difficult moment in your day? So one of them said, did this affect your faith? Like he's yeah. a believing religious yeah. Jew, whatever that means. Did this affect your faith? So I leaned forward in my chair because I never had the guts to ask him that question. Yeah. Even though I'm close with him. He doesn't hesitate. He says, no, not at all. So you can hear the room. They're like, what? Yeah. That's <laughs> what How does that? So he looks. Right. So he looks at this, uh, this group. There's 60 kids there. He says, look. He says, if you have faith and you believe that everything happens for a reason, you don't get to pick and choose. Like what? I can believe in God until it's my kid? He says, I have no idea why this happened. I never will. 
And I got some good questions for God when I get upstairs, if that's how the scenario works. He says, but it's the opposite. In other words, you know, I, I feel like he's had occasion to meet a lot of other parents. The, the army is very good about bringing such parents together and helping them and counseling them. So he meets other bereaved parents. And he says when he meets parents who have no faith, they don't have God in their life. He said it's very difficult for them because then it's random. Now, this doesn't say anything about faith. Maybe we made up faith because it helps us solve this challenge. But in answer to your question, if you really believe that there's a bigger picture and it's not all about you, then the things that happen in your life happen for a reason. And your struggle is to try to figure them out. Sometimes you succeed and sometimes you don't. But it's not about you. It's a little humbling to realize that there's just a bigger picture out there. That's the first thing. The second thing is about developing habits. There is this idea in Jewish mysticism that whatever comes into your life comes into your life for a reason. There's a message. You have to figure it out. You're not supposed to yell at someone else what they do. You're supposed to struggle with, so is there something I can learn from this? Now, let's say this whole thing is ridiculous. (laughs) Let's say it's not real and there's no God, whatever. You can't lose from that process. True. That introspection of thinking, what can I learn from what's around me? is only valuable, right? Now, let's say you've been doing that for a long time. Maybe it's a ridiculous game, but sometimes you actually come up with something worth learning and you become the better for it. And if you practice this, if it becomes a habit in your life, then when the big things come along, like we had a daughter who had a brain tumor when she was five years old. And thank God it worked out well and she's well and she's happy and she's a university student today. But you could imagine that challenges you on whole different levels. But because you've been doing this your whole life, so then you go through that same process, albeit much more difficult, there's two aspects to who we are. There is the physical, you know, our arms, our legs, whatever. But we kind of know deep down that's not really who we are. Like if God forbid you're, you're, or or just forbid, you know, depending on your perspective, (laughs) if if, if you're walking down the street and some guy's practicing, he wants to become a juggler. And he's practicing aye, with aye. buzz saws. And he messes up and he throws the buzz saws in the air and off go your arms. So I'm sure I'd be a little more depressed, Benny Friedman, but I'm mm. still the same person. So that's not who I am. So who is the I that is the essence of me? That's really our, our, our loves and our, all the things about ourselves that are unlimited, that have no the capacity to yes, give and to love yes. and to care and to dream. Now, there's no reason to assume that when the physical aspect of me, which by definition is limited and therefore will end, this sack that we call a body, there's no reason to assume that the unlimitedness of me yeah. ends. So then the only question is, okay, so what happens to that? It's it's a different reality. It lets go of the physical reality. And then the only question becomes, what's the connection between that? And, and that's a difficult question. But I know that you know people who've lost loved ones take great comfort in knowing or believing that maybe there's an aspect of the reality of the person that they love that hasn't it hasn't ended. It's just in a different yeah. reality. So, so I want to ask you because I, I I don't have you for seventeen hours, which I wish I did. <laughs> but uh, I feel like everybody, you know, it's like the old John Lennon quote. You ask people, you know, that the quote was, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And he said, "I want to be happy." And everybody's seeking happiness, and they're not necessarily finding it, right? doesn't matter that they had this money or this thing happened or they got this physical item. What, what do you think is the biggest thing that's in our way that 
that keeps us from finding happiness? Oh, that's a good question. I think we have to define what happiness is. I actually think happiness is all about purpose. You know, people get depressed because they feel there's no purpose. People have a hard time getting up in the morning if there's no purpose, there's no reason to get up. And you meet people, you know, Viktor Frankl wrote this incredible book. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. You can read it in an afternoon. He was a, he developed something called logotherapy. And uh, he basically posits that when he was in Auschwitz, he was fascinated by the fact that some people were motivated, you know, they, they, they could even experience happiness. And some people just gave up the will to live. They became Muslim. And he concluded that ultimately we all seek meaning. And the purpose is about meaning. And I think that's true. Happiness is all about purpose. So if that's true, then people, How do you find people aren't happy because they're confusing happiness with pleasure. They, they think things are going to give them happiness, but those things are devoid of purpose. It's like money. Money is an incredible tool to do great things, but it's not the purpose, right? If, yep. if you think the whole point is to have money, that's never going to give you happiness. Right? On the other hand, if if you're becoming wealthy because you want to do good things with your money and that gives you purpose, then yeah. you will be happy. Well, let me ask you this because people ask it in a very concrete way. People will say, how do I figure out what I like to do? Like, what's my purpose? And then some people say, there's three things I like. How do I know which one I'm supposed to do? Like, I feel like I, I read an article that said there's over 150,000 books on Amazon related to how the heck do I know what I'm supposed to do? <laughs> like people don't even know how to figure it out. You know, like this person thinks, you know, am I supposed to be a painter? Am I supposed to be a therapist? Am I supposed to teach yoga? How do you know inside what is that thing? How do you find that thing that gives you purpose? Look, you know what? This is a perspective. It's not necessarily objectively right. It's just the way I look at the world, but I'm not saying for sure this is the only way. Um, I think to the degree that your life is focused all around yourself, it limits your ability to experience purpose, which doesn't mean that you shouldn't also feed yourself and do good things for yourself. But if you are the purpose of your existence, ultimately it limits your ability to experience happiness. And to the degree that you're able to feel you make a difference, that the world is better, like you're contributing. contributing, the world is better because you're here, whatever, then that's happiness. So if you're sitting in, in, a, in a restaurant and some waitress comes to the table and you smile at her and she smiles back and you feel like you gave this person a bright spot and did, then you feel happy because you, you made a difference in someone's life, yeah. right? And if the waitress is terrible yeah. and she drops your food and she comes late and she forgets about you and then you yell at her before you go out, you just don't feel happy because you know that you're not making a difference. That's yeah. not how you want to make a difference in the world. In terms of how you know, yeah. I think that embedded within us are the things that we're meant to do. And to the degree that we're able to listen in on ourselves, we'll figure it out. Some people need to experiment. You know, one of the rules in life is don't settle. Don't settle. Don't become the doctor just because your mom thinks you should be a doctor if it doesn't make you happy. But if it doesn't make you happy because yeah. you want to do something that's easier, then you're barking up the wrong tree. If it doesn't make you happy because... You know, you don't need to earn the money you want. Whatever the reason is, you there is something you have to do in this world. It's true in every day and it's true with life that is going to make a difference in the world. And to the degree you're able to find that, you will be happy. If everybody could see what they do and find out why they're doing it and be the – you could be happy in anything. You know, if you're an artist it's so true. and your art brings people joy 
that's unbelievable. That that's amazing. Yep. And if you're a, a neurosurgeon and all you do is yell at the nurses all day, then you're yeah. not going to be happy. Good point. Right? Yeah. So much good <laughs> stuff. So much good stuff. Um. So I feel like at the end of the day, when I ask myself, like, what's the one thing I always want to sort of let my audience know? When it, when I boil it all the way down, I just always want everybody to know that they matter and that Listen, they're I'll, I'll enough. Listen, I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a story. There's someone who I'm close with. And he wanted me to meet this fellow. I think he felt this fellow would be helpful to something I was doing. Okay. And every time I, and I used to come to their office and I would like, you know, give it, do a session or whatever. And he always wanted this president. It was like a president of the company, whatever it was. Anyway, this president never had time. I didn't really care. Anyway, one time I get there, he's like, listen, he has 15 minutes. And he said he would sit with you. Will you sit with him for 15 minutes? So I said, sure. I had no idea why I'm sitting with this person. I don't really think he can get that far in 15 minutes, but fine. So I'm sitting with this guy in the room. Okay. And, <laughs> and after I start talking and 30 seconds in his phone rings, he says, Oh, just a second, picks up his phone, talks to me and puts it down. Sorry about that. Then two minutes later, the secretary comes in. Then a minute after that, his, his email goes up. Like, and I suddenly realized we weren't sitting alone in the room. There were like 20 of us. There was me, his email, his phone, his secretary, his speakerphone, whatever it is. Finally, I said yeah. to him, you know what? I don't need 15 yeah. minutes. Give me three. Can you be in the room for three minutes? I didn't say it quite like that. He couldn't. Now, I didn't care. Like, I wasn't looking to get anything right. from this guy. Hmm. I walked out, and given what we said earlier, so I started thinking, okay, why did I need to experience that? Right? And the conclusion I came to, right. which may be right or wrong, and maybe from God, or maybe just, you know, me painting what I want to hear in my brain, but I decided, like, whatever you do in life, be in that moment. If you're sitting with, if you're sitting with your wife, if you're sitting with your kids at the dinner table, like my kids know I have a pet peeve. If we're going to have dinner together, yeah. let's put our phones yeah. aside. I'd rather have 20 minutes without the phones than 60 minutes where we keep picking up the phones, right? And yeah, and I think yeah, it's yeah, true. Yeah. I think I think we have the ability to give people the sense that they matter because they do matter. That's why they're there. It's not so complicated. How do you let them know? What's your case for the fact that they matter? The short version is um, that they're here. Look, I believe... This is my personal belief. You can decide what to do with this. I don't believe that this earth or anything in it is random. I believe we're all created. And whatever version of that you choose to accept. And by the way, I don't I don't look at God as this like omnipotent judge. I once heard a great piece from George Carlin. He loves he used to, you know, he was a, a gifted comedian. And he has this piece where he lambasts religion. Oh, I know. I, uh, I remember. And, yep. and he's right, because the religion he's lambasting is not what religion should be. Yeah. Right. But that doesn't mean that because of that, none of it makes sense. It's just he got fed a religion that didn't make sense. And he was bright enough yeah. to realize that's ridiculous. Right. So mm-hmm. if Hashem created us, then two things I'm sure of. One is there must be a purpose. Hashem didn't just, God didn't just create us because he's bored and there's no purpose. There must be a purpose to our being here. That's number one. Number two, the very fact that we're here means we have purpose. Like the fact that I'm here means that no less than God thinks that the world is better off with me in it. So now my challenge is, how do I make that true? Sometimes I succeed, sometimes I don't. Like you go to sleep at the end of the day, ask yourself a simple question. Is the world better off because I was here? Sometimes you can say, you know what it is. And sometimes you say, I'm not so sure. Okay, so there's tomorrow. I feel like one of the things that people come up against is that um, they're they're not necessarily coming from, let's say, 
the most supportive home, you know, or they, or let's say they don't have a lot of resources. They don't have a lot of connections or money or whatever, but they, they get the courage together to try. And then they get a door slam in their face. They get rejected. And, and, and I feel like this is why there's a lot of movies about people who keep going. And <laughs> I think that that is, because that is something you totally live. You just keep going. It doesn't matter if you're in a terrorist attack. It doesn't matter if people really close to you get injured or die, or you have a daughter who had a brain tumor and thank God she's, thank God, poo poo poo, she's okay now. But like you went through that. I mean, you just keep going. All right. So what are your final uh, last thoughts here on this show? Um, well, first of all, keep listening to this show because this sounds amazing. Aww. I think you're doing great stuff. I really, I, I, I commend you because I know that you don't do this for any other reason that you love to share good things with lots of good people. So that's awesome. That's first of all. Second of all, believe that that you're here for a reason and that you can make a difference. There's someone out there who is going to be better for meeting you. And it's worth finding out who they are. There's always there's always something good around the horizon. You know? And uh and there's always someone who's willing to hear your pain, you know. Don't don't do it on your own. That's beautiful. Um, is there any anything that you want to send people to? You know, I put out a weekly bite. It, it it's basically a story and a thought. And anybody who wants to get it, they can go to www.israelite i s r a l i g h t dot o r g. They can and they can get they can get more of this. Yeah, sure, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for being you. Pleasure, well, much pleasure. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being here. All right. And yeah. Oh, I love listening to Benny talk. He's amazing. Okay, here are some good takeaways from today. Number one, gratitude is about appreciating that you can make a difference. Number two, if you're here, then you matter. Number three, don't worry about the traffic jam you're in. Think about the accident you missed. Number four, life is fragile. Challenge yourself to remember that gift when life seems normal. Number five, when something happens, ask yourself, is there something I can learn from this? Practice this in small situations so you're prepared to use it in the bigger problems. Number six, happiness is about purpose, not pleasure. Number seven, if your life revolves around yourself, it limits your ability to experience purpose. Number eight, whatever action you decide to do in life, be in that moment. Number nine, we have the ability to make people feel like they matter because they do matter. Number 10, go to sleep and ask yourself, was the world better off because I was here? Maybe yes, and maybe not but there's always tomorrow. Number 11, there's someone out there who will be better off from meeting you and it's worth finding them. All right, well, that's a wrap on another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I just want to remind you, you are so enough. So keep going and I'll leave you guys with another song of mine this week and I look forward to hearing from you on Instagram. If there's any topics that I haven't covered that you want to hear more about, let me know that as well. Come on over and find us on our Facebook page. You guys are the best. I'll talk to you next week. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.
Like now.